Welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is January 9th, 2023. And what a great day it is. It's a little bit cloudy, um, but you know what? For the most part, I am on fire for my family, for my community, for my listeners, for each and every one of you, uh, naysayer, whatever it is, I am here for you. There is so many incredible things that I have been studying this weekend. I had an opportunity to talk with some folks up in Milwaukee. Uh, Some of them are new to cryptocurrency. Some of them have been in the cryptocurrency space for a while, but I did a Zoom just to really talk to them about the state of our economy. And so some of those things I really want to share with you because I was hot on fire after I got a chance to really sit down and watch what the federal deposit of insurance corporation was actually saying in their meeting and ladies and gentlemen it might scare you to know what the individuals that are supposedly insuring our money in the banks is actually saying in their meetings and this is a closed door meeting But for whatever reason, this video actually leaked out. And I know I can't show you a video, but today I decided to maybe let you listen to two clips so you can see that I am not going crazy. Something is terribly wrong with our financial system. And we are sitting smack dead in the middle of what looks like a wealth transfer with some real agendas happening. And so with that, we're just going to start with our cryptocurrency quote, and then we will get into this federal deposit insurance corporation systematic resolution advisory committee meeting. I mean, it was just unbelievable the things that I was hearing. So I just tried to get a couple quotes Um, a couple of clips so that you all could hear for yourself. But the cryptocurrency quote for the day is by myself. And it just basically says the noisy obstacles in the cryptocurrency space are exactly what you see when you take your eye off stacking enough Bitcoin for your family, which should be your end goal. And so this space is so noisy. There's a lot of things going on. I think just in general with our media, with our government, when they don't want you to see something, they create all these other obstacles and all this other noise to get your attention diverted in another direction. And that is why I say the noisy obstacles in the cryptocurrency space are exactly what you see when you take your eye off stacking enough Bitcoin for your family, which should be your end goal, Naja Roberts. And 
so ladies and gentlemen, after we come forward, we are going to delve into, I'm going all money on you all today. Cause I, I just really feel like you need to understand why holding and controlling a currency that you control, that you dictate what happens to it is critically important because we got to have a conversation about these banks, ladies and gentlemen. I just cannot continue to sit here quietly when I know what I know, absolutely know what I know. So I'm going to share with you when we come forward, what is going on again with the FDIC. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a, moment. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We were going to get into the conversation about the FDIC. Federal Deposit of Insurance Corporation. So as I started digging on Friday and Saturday and started really looking at this meeting that was held on November the 9th, 2022, it was closed door, but it was actually recorded. And there was a video that actually surfaced. And it's a long, boring meeting. And you can look at some of the resolutions and you can look at some of the other documentation that comes out of the meeting. And you're also today going to get an opportunity to listen to two clips that I found that say exactly what I've been trying to make sure that our community understands. First and foremost, the FDIC Systematic Resolution Advisory Committee, which is who met and which is who was having a conversation about the American people's money. And when your money is invested in the bank, you need to know what is going on. So I'm going to just back up really quick and share with you that the FDIC is supposed to insure the money that you put in the bank. And if the bank goes insolvent or something happens with your money in the bank, the insurance is supposed to kick in and make sure that you're good, that your money is protected. Well, first and foremost, let me say this, and this is a sore spot probably for some bankers that are listening to me today. But all of the disclosures and all of the things that you sign when you open an account at the bank, literally, ladies and gentlemen, gives the bank your money. It no longer belongs to you. They have the autonomy to do what they want, when they want, and how they want with your money. But aside of that, the FDIC still is supposed to be in place in case the money that you quote unquote kind of loaned to the bank temporarily till you come and get it. It allows them to really protect that money that you've actually loaned out to the bank. And so I'll say it that way. It helps you understand And the FDIC states that your money is insured up to $250,000. Now, some people are ill prepared for what I'm about to say, especially if you've got money in the bank. 
in several different banks because you've reached the $250,000 threshold. Now, there are those of you out there that absolutely have over 250,000 and so you were smarter than the average bear and you went and you took the rest of the money and put it in another bank and maybe you had more than 250 in that bank and then you went and opened up another account so that you made sure that you did not not cross over the $250,000 threshold. Well, I have news for each and every one of you that may have done that or know someone that did that. There is only $250,000 insurance per depositor. So that means if you have monies in five different banks and any of those amounts are over $250,000, Ladies and gentlemen, you are not insured for the rest of that money. It is per depositor, per entity. So in order for you to be FDIC insured up to $250,000 on something other than the $250,000 that you have in a particular account, it has to be in another entity. So it would have to be in a corporation or in an LLC or something like that because each entity is insured or is is guaranteed to be able to get up to $250,000 back. And so they don't share that information with you. So there is something else that's going on that you need to know before you listen to the clip that I'm about to share with you. There is a Dodd-Frank Act that came in, Dodd, D-O-D-D. It is a Dodd-Frank Act that came out that they would no longer bail out the banks. It really comes from the statement where you always hear the banks are too big to fail. Um, but the Dodd-Frank Act came out and it does not allow for the banks to be bailed out. And basically, it's called a bailout for that very reason. We saw those bailouts in the housing crisis, 2008, 2009, where the banks were getting bailouts, but they also took possession of the properties that were being foreclosed on. And somehow they twisted that whole fiasco into the fact that buyers and occupants of houses were the greedy ones. We took our option arm loans. Yes, we did. I'm one that had several option arm loans on my properties, but it wasn't because I was being greedy because it was a great option at the time that I was signing for those loans. It sounded like a good thing to get my stuff in order. And then in three, four, five years, when this option arm was going to be in existence and start to um, really start to show up by that time, I would have my monies in place and I wouldn't bust the sweat to be able to pay these mortgages on these different properties that I had. And so some kind of way they twisted this whole situation into us as consumers being greedy and not the bankers taking advantage of what they did to actually collapse the financial system. So that being said, there were supposed to be no more bailouts, but ladies and gentlemen, there's a thing a such thing as that is called a bail-in. And guess whose money is at risk for this bail-in that they're expecting? 
very, very soon. And so I'm going somewhere with this. So I want you all to really understand exactly what is transpiring. So right now, the FDIC is sitting at the table at this resolution advisory committee meeting, and they're talking about what exactly they should be sharing with the general public as not to actually create a public panic. And I know it sounds like we may be having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I'm going to make sure you all get this information. And for those of you that are in the virtual underground railroad, I'll go a little bit deeper. We have a short period of time here to make sure that you get this information, but I am going to share this clip with you in hopes, ladies and gentlemen, that you really understand how they feel about the money that you have and why they're not sharing what is about to take place if there is a financial collapse, there will be a bail-in and a bail-in is utilizing the monies that have been deposited in the bank to help the banks do what they need to get back on their feet. And from where I see or from where I sit, they don't need our help because they're getting a massive amount of money, but they got to make excuses for needing to extract money from everybody's bank account to solve the banking issues if this industry crashes. But you got to know, this is November 9th, 2022, exactly a month ago today. This is what was being said at the table. And so I want each and every one of you to listen in close to this clip. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public. If you put this out, like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. So they just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right. It's, it's, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than Navy people in this room do. <laughs> I don't know if you all got that, but this gentleman just said the American people have full faith in the banking industry more than some of the people in this room. These are the people that ensure our money in the bank. And this is what they're saying. You need to be scared. Now, I know a lot of you are always saying nausea is bringing the heat. This is the heat, ladies and gentlemen. And so I am not a financial advisor anymore. But based on what I heard in this meeting, you have all the reason in the world to be afraid of your money being in the bank. And there's one more clip that you're going to need to hear because they think this is funny. While you watch this video, you will see them with smirks on their face, giggling, and a couple of other things that are very, very disheartening. And so we've got to understand the reason why those of us that are so adamant about adding Bitcoin to our portfolio because it is something that these particular individuals do not control. They cannot take from us and they cannot allow to happen what you are about to hear in this other clip. So listen to this and we'll move forward with what I am going to suggest to our community. So there, there's a select crowd 
of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. So, ladies and gentlemen, you hear it. Some of the individuals that have massive attorney firms, if they want to know this information, they'll dig and find it. But for the general public, I don't think it's a good idea for us to blast this information because it's unintended consequences. That's scary. And so as we move into understanding what we may need to do, I'm just going to tell you like this. When we talk as financial advisors, and I'm not a financial advisor anymore on purpose, we talk about diversifying your portfolio. So first and foremost, we tell everybody, we tell everybody that you need three to six, three to six months of an emergency fund. That's money that you can actually put your hands on in an in an, in an emergency. And so if you have three to six months emergency fund in the bank and the ATM shut down and the banks close because they need a bank day or whatever happens when they're getting ready to need this bell in, you have no access to your money. So I am going to share with you my thoughts about keeping all of your emergency fund in the bank. I think it's a problem. And a lot of us have amnesia. Do you remember when COVID hit and the banks were closed? The ATMs weren't closed, but the banks were closed. And so a lot of people that I actually talk to and advise say, well, you know what? I keep my money, the cash, not the actual money in the bank, but they keep the actual cash inside of their safe deposit box. Let's think about this. If you have three to six months worth of emergency fund in a safe deposit box and something goes down again, like COVID, and the bank is closed, well, you can't physically get into that safe deposit box I'm going to give you a memo, ladies and gentlemen. I had several clients that could not access the, the funds or anything else that they had inside the safe deposit boxes in the bank because the bank was closed during COVID. And when they finally started taking appointments to let people in to get into their safe deposit boxes, it was a month wait to, to get that done. And so for those of you that continuously say that they can't do that, it can't happen. It did happen. And it just happened a couple of years ago. And we got amnesia about the possibilities of them doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Now, it was a different situation because we're talking about COVID. But ladies and gentlemen, what stops them right now today from keeping you from taking your deposits from the bank? Nothing. 
nothing at all. There is nothing in place that would stop them from taking your money and doing a bail in. And you just heard those gentlemen right now saying that there's a problem that is coming forward and we need to let the public know, but we don't really want to let the public know because it's going to cause public panic. And what's going to happen is people are going to run and get their monies from the bank and it's going to cause another onslaught of situations. And so I want our community to know to be very be very diligent and be on your P's and Q's as it relates to your money and your emergency funds. So three to six months is what you should have. So I'm going to make sure that I back up just a little bit and make sure you're understanding what I'm saying, because there are a lot of you out there that don't have three to six months in an emergency fund. And if you do, it's stored in the bank. Now, this gentleman is just saying that they're going to do a bail in, which unfortunately will affect your three to six months emergency fund when you get it back. If you get it back, I'll say it that way. So what should be happening? You've, if you were making or spending $5,000 a month, I'm just going to get a round number. This hopefully, um, you know, is nobody's situation in particular because I know I have clients and people that I work with. And so I'm not giving out anybody's information. But if you are living and having to pay out $5,000 a month, that means that you need to have $15,000 at the least, $30,000 also, if we're talking three to six months worth of money as your emergency fund. A lot of people don't even have that to begin with. But if you do happen to have $15,000, which would be your three months emergency fund, it should not all be held in the bank because you do not have access to it in the event that something comes about that they're planning for. I'm just going to keep it 100. You need to make sure you need to make sure that you have that money liquid in your possession. I'm not saying keep $15,000 around the house, but you've got to figure out how to make sure that you can put your hands on that money when you need it. When we come forward after news, traffic and sports, I'm going to get into some of the basic financial rules that you need to live by in this climate right now where our FDIC is talking about not letting the public know what's about to come down the pipe. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to continue when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. We may be out newest talk station, but when you're punching above your weight, it's not about whether you can throw a punch. Can you take a punch? We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. And we don't black down. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So I was talking about uh, five 
Well, I don't want even want to say five because I may go into some more basic financial rules to live by. But I was talking about your emergency fund. And so someone would ask me specifically, where should I keep some of my emergency fund? Not all of it. You've got to keep some, some places and some other places. But I keep some of mine in Bitcoin specifically because I know that I could cash out and pull out whatever money, whatever currency I need anywhere in the world if I hold it in Bitcoin. And so I am holding some of mine in Bitcoin, but I'm not saying that you have to do that. But I am saying, ladies and gentlemen, that you should have a couple of thousand dollars on hand in the event of an emergency. The bank is not giving you any interest on it anyway. And if the If the FDIC is having these types of meetings and sharing with everyone that there is a problem that is on the horizon, we need to be thinking twice about holding all of our money in the bank. And I'm not saying run out and go get your money and just hold on to it, but just really be strategic and pay attention to what's going on around you. So some one of The basic financial rules to live by is that you do need three to six months in an emergency fund. And I don't care who you talk to. Your financial advisor should be telling you that specifically. If all of your money is invested in something, that's a problem. You've got to have and you've got to be liquid at some point. Just in the event you need to go to the gas station, if you need to go to the grocery store, the Internet is down, any of those things. Things. And that stands, that's that's for Bitcoin. That's for just regular money. Anything you've got to have and be able to put your hands on some cash, some some of that physical fiat, because the gas stations would still accept it. A lot of the mom and pop places will still accept it. And at least you'll be able to put gas in your car to get where you need to go or even go to the counter at the airlines at the airport and just pay cash for your ticket to go where you need to go because the the banking systems may be that may be down or something of that sort. The other thing that I am suggesting again, I'm not a financial advisor anymore on purpose is that you're saving 20% of your income in some sort of long term investment. I say it over and over. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a get rich quick space. The cryptocurrency space is not a get rich quick space. But guess what else is not a get rich quick space? The old money space. And the reason why I know this is because many of us have not gotten rich quick. We haven't even gotten rich long term because we have been doing everything they have told us to do since we've been in elementary school. We've gone to school to get a good job so that we can do the things that we need to do to save to become wealthy. And it just has not happened. But we need to be ensuring that moving forward, that our future looks different than our past. So I am suggesting that we save at least 20% of our income in some sort of long-term investment. Now, again, I'm not going to get into what that is. I'm definitely not saying that it needs to be in Bitcoin. You do need to add Bitcoin to your portfolio, which is one of the basic financial rules that I would say that's next up on my list. Add Bitcoin to your portfolio, no matter what you're doing. 
whatever you're saving, whatever you're doing, just add a little bit of Bitcoin to your portfolio. I am going to say this, and this is a hard one because Christmas just passed. And even if you didn't have the money to buy that gift for that loved one, you went out and you use your credit card. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be holding close to a zero credit card debt at this time. So it's not good to have a zero amount owed on your credit card because of the algorithms that need to give you your credit scores for your um, for your credit. But you need to at least pay those credit cards down to where you're not. Let's just say your credit limit is ten thousand dollars. But now you've gone out for Christmas and you spend about eighty five hundred. You should. Here on CBS Records, we like to thank Mr. Harvey Fuqua, Mr. Gordon Banks. I, I don't Mr. know, Mike it Fletcher, went out. Mr. Larkin, can you hear me now? Most of all, we want to thank. Wow, this thing is. I don't know what's happening with it today. All right, so as we come forward, you need to be making sure that your credit card debt is. Close as close to zero as you can make it without making it zero. So maybe you still have a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars that's still owed, and that's intentional. So we want to make sure that we're doing that. As it relates to your cars and the things that you are driving around, I used to say, you know, drive them until they die, new or used, but I know that. Our community doesn't necessarily want to be driving in what we would call a hoopty, but I have and still stand by the fact that we need to be very careful with the items that we're buying right now because of the interest rates and because of the fact that the values and the depreciation of the cars are more than they've ever been before. In fact, I live by what I say. My husband and I just recently, unfortunately, had a car that was totaled out and we had to buy another car at out of necessity. We have to have a second car. So we went to a couple of car dealers and I listened to myself, even though I talked to you all on the radio. I went to a couple of car dealers and I'm looking at the price of new cars and it is utterly ridiculous. They were giving us on several different cars. Stealing your ways, but I, 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 I know you're 
ladies and gentlemen finishing that conversation but long story short we uh, made a decision to go to the auction and purchase a car and we make a joke if you have a car this is no offense to you but we make a joke gentlemen I'm gonna have to call her hello I am, um, we made a decision to go ahead and go to the auction and we got a nice electric vehicle so that we could try out this whole electric thing. It was a hybrid, but we decided to uh, get a small car and just not have a car note and just see how this market plays out before we go and spend 40, 50 a hundred thousand dollars on a car it's like ridiculous what the prices are right now and so i am going to say drive a car that you can afford but just wait to see what this market is going to do and last but not least ignore your neighbor's buying decision if you're buying what your neighbors are buying Got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk KBLA 1580. All right, all right. Welcome forward. I want to pre- I want to say that I appreciate each and every one of you for dealing with us through this technical difficulty. So I know you missed a couple of things I said, but my husband and I wound up going to the dealership after seeing the absorbent cost of cars right now and the interest rates that they were dealing out, even when you have a fabulous credit score. That being said, we decided to go to the auction. We bought a Toyota Prius, and we call it the poor man's Tesla. But I am enjoying that car more than anything, number one, because I don't have a car note, and number two, because I'm getting from point A to point B, and the gas is much less than it is in any other vehicle out there. So I'm excited about that. But what I was saying uh, before we went off into our commercial was that you should be ignoring your neighbor's buying decisions. A lot of things that we buy, and it's statistically, uh, people know it, especially in financial services. If the neighbors buy something or the neighbors get involved in something and they have a conversation, nine times out of ten, the neighbor across the street or the neighbor down the street is going to be coming in to buy the same big box item because they look at what their neighbors are doing. We used to call it keeping up with the Joneses, and I know you all remember that, but this is me telling you that right now in this banking climate, in this money situation, 
We do not need to be keeping up with the Joneses. We need to be ignoring our neighbors' buying decisions because they're not our buying decisions. And we have a bigger goal, and that's to make sure that we make it out on the other side of this wealth transfer unscathed and having the most money that we can have in our different type of retirement accounts. And so what I'm going to suggest to each and every one of you is before you make a decision to buy anything, even if it's something that you absolutely need, like we needed the car, we decided to come home, take a deep breath, and think about it for 48 hours before we did anything else. And us not buying in haste allowed us the opportunity to think about going to the auction to do something different. And so what I'm saying to you is if you are in a situation where you need to make a decision to buy something big right now, and it may necessarily be something you need, but most of the time it's something that you want, I am suggesting that we take 48 hours to wait before we buy that big thing. And if the desire is still there and is still strong, then buy it. But what I don't want our community to do is get into impulse buying because right now is not the time. Right now you need to know where every single solitary dime that you have is going because something is brewing. We don't know to what extent is brewing. And the thing that I want to share is when they're lying to us, and I know that they're lying to us a lot. I just don't come on the radio and say that they're lying. But when they're lying to us, I'm worried. But ladies and gentlemen, when they're blatantly saying that there's a problem and they don't need to tell us, that's a real, real problem times two. And so we've got to really understand that getting involved in all these different uh, areas, financial uh, you know, gold and silver and, and again, holding cash on hand, Bitcoin, not necessarily your 401k. That's a whole nother story. And we'll talk about that another day. But you've got to really, really, really hear me and please be diligent and vigilant with the funds that you have right now. You should be safeguarding them. Money is not everything, ladies and gentlemen, but it definitely gives you the options you need in and when, if, if and when something does happen. And I say if because a lot of people live off if this happens. I'm saying when something happens because something has to happen based on what's happening in our financial sector right now. And so as we go, as we grow, as we look at 2020, uh, 2023, we've got to figure out where we can cut a little bit more to ensure that we have that emergency fund. Because I started off talking about this three to six months, but most of us, are living paycheck to paycheck, and we've got to do something different. So maybe that means going to work and having that job because that's what you need to do for the stability. But what about doing something just a little bit extra, something that you've been thinking about doing, a side hustle or something like that that will give you the opportunity to save some additional income? Because the fact of the matter is you're not going to get a massive amount of raise on your job that's going to allow you now to save three to six months or even put 20% of your income in some sort of long-term investment. You've got to do something different than you've been doing. And if you're adding just a little bit of Bitcoin to your portfolio, there is a high probability, in my opinion, from where I sit, from what I see, that you can save 
you're going to have something that's going to be growing for you more and more in the long term that you're going to be able to touch and really do something with to create a legacy for your family. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to jump into a couple of the uh, reports that are happening as it relates to different parts of the world that are experiencing some financial issues. And I know that, you know, we are always talking about the micro things that are happening in the United States, but macro we need to be looking at as well. And we've got some banks here in the United States that have also made some decisions around cryptocurrency. So when we come forward, we will jump into those quick conversations and then we'll do our daily dollar cost average. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Less BS per broadcast. Fewer microaggressions per megawatt. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome forward, welcome forward. So since we had a tad bit technical difficulties today, we are going to jump into our market report tomorrow as well as talking to you about a couple of things that are on the horizon that you need to be paying attention to. And I know it's not the United States, but there are some things happening in Nigeria with money and the banks, and so you need to hear about that. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. There's also a New York-based bank that is actually exiting the cryptocurrency space. And the reason why they're actually doing that is because this Cryptocurrency space has had some downturns in 2022, as we know. They've had exploits of the decentralized finance protocols. Of course, we've had the Terra Lunas and we've had the FTXs. And so that memorandum that was put out, uh, a warning to the banks just a couple of last week uh, by several different regulatory agencies telling the banks to be careful a couple of New York-based metropolitan commercial banks announced that they're going to be closing um, their crypto asset verticals. And so these banks or a couple of these banks are deciding that they're going to get out of the space. And some people think that uh, because they get out of the space that that is not going to allow for individuals to be able to utilize cryptocurrency, which is absolutely not so. It was not designed for banks to hold the lion's share of the Bitcoin in the first place in order to make it go. It's, banks are not a part of the velocity that we ascribe to in this cryptocurrency space. So I don't think that this is a big deal other than the fact that it will not allow them to custody your Bitcoin. And I like that idea. So uh, these developments come alongside some ongoing proceedings that we know that are happening in this space. And we'll just keep an eye on what the banks are doing in the forecast for the scrutiny from the regulators to come here in the United States. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to do our daily dollar cost average because I always say a DCA a day keeps poverty away. And with that, we're going to take out our Black Wall Street wallet and we are going to open the wallet. If you haven't downloaded it already, please do so on your App Store or on your Android Play Store. You can download the app. And you can actually click on the Black Wall Street wallet and you can, the purple circle in the middle, you're going to click continue. And we are going to buy $6 worth of Satoshis today. 
A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, just like a penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. And we're going to do this on the Black Wall Street because we are supporting black business. And so we are going to do $6 one time. You can do this one time or you can actually set it up and forget it because that's what you're capable of doing on the Black Wall Street wallet. But I'm going to do mine every single day manually until April the 1st. And then I'm going to talk to you about what I've saved by doing $6 Monday through Friday live on air as it relates to buying $6 worth of Satoshis. And we are uh, finishing that and I'm putting it into my KBLA Talk 1580 wallet. And that is where this $6 worth of Satoshis is going to reside with the other $6 that I've been doing every single day. And so you all, please don't touch that dial. It is time to make way for the D.L. Hughley Show. I just want to thank each and every one of you again for rocking with me, Naja Roberts, as you listen to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, because we always want to keep you ahead of the crypto curve. Please follow me on all social media platforms at Naja Roberts, no underscores, no dots, no numbers, just plain old Naja Roberts. Let's close this wealth gap, family. It's our turn. You are listening to the Unapologetically Progressive, KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.